Praise God and amen. God is on the move. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I want to welcome you. And I want to I want to start right out the gate by asking you to do something. Turn to somebody and say purpose. purpose. Yes, purpose. Type purpose in the comments right now. And some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, we're always talking about purpose. And we always will. And the reason why is we can easily forget that we were created on purpose for a purpose. Like you were created uniquely, not just to to trudge through Tuesday or grind through a Thursday, but really to literally live out your purpose. So I'm gonna continually remind you of that. And that's, that's exactly why we exist. Like our mission at the church, leading people to Christ and their God-given purpose. I love it. And I'm going to, I thank God that you have a purpose. And the closer you get to him, the more it will, it will be revealed to you. And that excites me. So secondly, let's do something else. Say, say 309. 309. 309. Type 309 in the comments. This is an area code in Illinois. Isn't that exciting? Like in Illinois, like maybe Peoria, something like that, but it's an area code. 309 or 309er, I like to say, if I pretend I'm a truck driver, it's just kind of fun. So 309, do you know what you just typed? Do you know what you just said? You're like, yeah, an area code in Illinois. No, actually what you typed and what you said is how many people have given their lives to Christ since we've launched Meadows Church less than three years ago. I mean, are you kidding me, God? We had no idea. We had no idea and yet we know still the best is yet to come. 309 people making decisions saying, I believe what, who Jesus said he was and I will follow. And that's what this series is all about because you can make a decision for Jesus and that's incredible and that's beautiful. But then you back it up by saying, I will follow. And there's a lot of people right now that they have this head knowledge of Jesus. They even believe what Jesus said and believe who he was, but there comes a point where we drift and our life doesn't look like his. And we're saying one thing, but we're living a different way. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. I've done that a few times in my life for like 15 years. But it, this is what the whole Summer Epic Series follow is about. It's following Jesus and living the life that he wants us to live. And what does that look like? So this series has been epic. I think this is, I don't know if this is week eight of nine. I mean, this is, we have two weeks left. I think this is eight of nine. Um, I'm so excited about it. And this this one is huge because this is what I want you to know about this message. To follow Jesus means you're leading, right? To follow Jesus means you're leading, right? You might think, well, I'm either following or I'm leading. And I'm telling you, if you're following Jesus, then you are leading. You are a leader by default. I'm gonna, you're gonna be typing all day. Uh, type, I'm a leader. Own, I'm a leader, okay? If you're following Jesus, you are leading something or someone, guaranteed. And you might be thinking as you're typing, I'm a leader in comments, you might be thinking, dang, I'm 24 years old. I'm really not leading much. Hanging out, living in my parents' basement. My goal in life is to watch every Netflix episode that's ever been. I mean, and what I would say to you is, I mean, Actually, if that is your goal, then you're probably not a leader. I'm just going to be honest with you. You probably need prayer and you need to get a job. Honestly, what's wrong with you? But uh, you, have, you have leadership potential in you, okay? I'll tell you that. It's in you. It might, be, it might be covered up by some Doritos or whatever right now, but it's in there. It's in there. And leadership is essential. 
It is essential. And I'm not just talking about leadership in the workplace. I'm not just talking about leadership in ministry. I'm talking about leadership in your families, leadership in yourself, because if you're not leading yourself well, you ain't gonna lead others well. So leadership is key. And right now I keep reminding the leaders that I get the privilege of leading that in the season that we're in, in the psychotic season that we're in, leadership is more essential than it's ever been. It's more, it's more important than it's ever been because people are desperate right now to find a leader. Not just a leader, but a leader worth following. I just said the title of today's message. A leader worth following. That's what people are looking for and that's exactly who Jesus was. But let's cut to the chase. When I say great leader, when I say leadership, people don't by default think of Jesus, right? Most people don't. Most people in today's age, if I say, oh man, a great leader in finance, you're gonna think, oh man, Warren Buffett, he's the great leader. A great leader in technology, oh, Tim Cook with Apple, he's a great leader. A great leader in transportation, oh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, Mr. Two-Day Shipping. Actually, I ordered a book from Amazon this week. I got it in one day. I was like, dang it, I don't understand how they, I don't know how they do it. It's like it drops right out of this. I don't get it, but it's pretty amazing. Anyway, so we're thinking of those things. But what if I told you Jesus blows them out of the water? Like I wrote down, I asked myself a question. Do we realize how good of a leader Jesus was? I mean, do we even get it? Jesus built the greatest organization that has ever existed. And he did it. He did it without online marketing. He did it without a LinkedIn account. He did it without an iPhone. He did it without a car. He did it without an airplane. He, he never wore a business suit, okay? Jesus' business attire was a robe and sandals. Think about that. I mean, and for some of you, that's actually dressing up for business attire because you might not be wearing much as you're doing business from home, but whatever, we won't get into that. But that was his business attire, like a robe and sandals, like, I should be wearing my business shoes because I have some Jesus sandals. I could be wearing these during the message talking about leadership. Okay, you know what? But I can't though because I have socks on and that's wrong. So, it, but if you're wearing sandals with socks, um, knock it off, okay? Uh, seriously, Jesus hates that. So don't do that. But uh, Jesus, this was his business attire. This is the way he did it. And Jesus, without none of those things, he had none of that. Jesus built his brand in three years. He built his brand in three years and launched hundreds of thousands of franchises all over the world, okay? Take that Starbucks. There are way more churches than there are Starbucks as there should be. I mean, I don't get, I, I don't, I'll never understand it. When I drive by Starbucks and I see people lined up, you know, cars in the drive-thru, I'm like, I don't understand. I, I, sometimes I go, like if I have a meeting with somebody and they wanna go to Starbucks, I'll go. And I'll even mess with them. It's just kind of fun for me. Like, I'll go in there and you know how they get your name? They'll write your name on their little cup. What's your name, sir? And I always make something up because it's fun. So I'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm Buck. They're like, ooh, Buck. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I said, you know what? Put my last name on there too, just, just in case. They're like, okay, yeah, what's your last name? I'm like, naked. And they're like, and they'll look at me like, you know, they're getting ready to call the cops. And then I invite them to church and then we never see each other again. So anyway, but my point is this, leadership is essential and Jesus is the leader worth following. And today, you, boy, I'm so great. You're gonna be grateful that you, you're tuning in right now or that you're listening because I'm gonna give you the secret. I am, well, Jesus is gonna give it to you. I'm gonna read what he said, but Jesus is gonna give you the secret to his great leadership. Like Jesus is basically saying, if you're following me and you wanna lead like I lead, this is what you do. 
And this is how you do it. You're gonna get it. No books you need to read other than, of course, God's Word. No seminar you need to go to. You don't have to pay $19.95, no three installments, nothing. This is it. You ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Type, I'm ready. I need you ready. I need you ready. Second book of the New Testament is Mark. You know the Gospels, right? The good news, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark 10, verse 32. That's where we're gonna start. Mark 10, verse 32, and I'll throw it up on the screen for you as well. Here we go. They were now on their way to Jerusalem, Jesus and his followers, his disciples, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. You can say Jesus was leading the charge. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. So obviously Jesus got done just doing some Jesus stuff, probably some miracles and some great things, things that they'd never seen or heard before. And Jesus, taking the 12 disciples aside once more, because in, in leadership, it's about communication and it's about over-communication. So once more, Jesus begins to describe everything that the Son of Man, or everything that's about to happen to him. Verse 33, Jesus says, listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man, me, Jesus said, will be betrayed to leading priests and to teachers of religious law. They will sentence him, me, Jesus, to die. Okay. They're going to hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him. They will spit on him. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But three days later, he will rise again. It's like, wow. And after he said that, James and John, sons of Zebedee, two of his closest disciples, came over to Jesus to speak to him. And this is what they said. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. I'm like, okay, Jesus just bared his entire soul to them. Jesus, well, Jesus, I know you just described that you're going to get like whipped and beaten and, and, and spit on and, and then murdered. But anywho, yeah, yeah, whatever. Jesus, we want you to do us. Okay, listen, can you do something for us? I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, understand this about leadership. It can be very thankless, okay? Understand that. But you shouldn't have a problem with that, honestly, because if you got into leadership for what you're going to get out of it, you're not going to be in it very long, okay? Okay, that was good. That wasn't even in my notes. I mean, if... Can I say that again? If you got into leadership for what you're going to get out of it, you're not going to be in it very long, okay? So Jesus bears his soul. I mean, he, he, he tells them the, 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 the most passionate thing that he could ever tell them regarding his life and what's going to go down. And they're like, can you do a... This is... You know what it kind of reminds me of having conversations with our kids? Um, last school year... Uh, Jake and I, Jake's my youngest son, and he, Jake got in a little trouble, um, and it may or may not have involved fire. And uh, I, I, so I brought Jake up to his room, and I'm talking to Jake, and I'm like, Jake, you're a leader. I said, Jake, you understand why this is dangerous and why you couldn't do that? And he's like, he's like yeah, yeah, I get it. And he, and he was getting kind of down, you know, because I was, you know, I was upset, but I was just trying to talk to him. And, uh, and I saw him getting kind of down, and I said, Jake, look at me. I said, I said Jake, I love you. I said, Jake, I, I believe in you. I said, Jake, I, I, I know that you have this in you. And I started building him back up and it was getting real. I mean, it's getting to the, this heartfelt moment. And I'm like, we're, I'm just pouring out to Jake, like, Jake, I believe in you and we're in this together and I'll never give up and all this kind of stuff. And this heartfelt moment and Jake, and Jake's like, I said, Jake, do you understand what I'm saying? And Jake's like, yeah, I get it, dad. And I said, is there anything that you want to say? And he said, yeah. He said, dad. I said, yes, yes, Jake, tell me, hit me with it. What, what do you got? He said, Dad, can I? I said, yeah, can you, can you? He said, yeah, Dad, can I go get a Pop-Tart? I'm hungry. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? 
Go get your freaking Pop-Tart. I mean, what? Pour out my soul. Gosh, just don't, just don't start a fire to make it, okay? Anyway, so I'm like, but they, so, so, so they, Jesus pours out. They say, can you do us a favor? Here's the favor that they wanted. Check this out. The favor they wanted was this. What is your request, Jesus said in verse 36. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places next to you. Like, I want to be on the right, and then he can be on the left. And Jesus is like, you don't have a clue what you're asking. You have no idea what you're asking. He literally told him that. You have no idea. And then he goes on to say, listen, I don't even pick that. My Father in heaven will decide who's going to sit where at the table that you're talking about. But you have no idea. And, and, and catch this, the other 10, they, they catch wind of what James and John are up to, and they get ticked. Verse 43, or excuse me, 41. When the 10 other disciples heard James and John, what they had asked, they were indignant. Not because they were felt bad for Jesus, but because they were like, we want, we want some of that action. We want to be on the left. We want to be on the right. I mean, and so Jesus calls them all together again. Constant communication. And Jesus says, you know that the rulers in this world, in the world that we live in, the leaders of this world, they lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those that are under them. And the disciples are like, Yes, Jesus, we get it. We know that's why. That's what we're saying. We want to be here and we want to be there because we want to do the lording over. We don't want to be lorded over. So yes, Jesus, understand completely. And Jesus says, among you, it must be different. I got to say that again. Among you, it will be different. Like he's saying, this is non-negotiable. You can't be like that. You must be like this. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to everyone. That's what Jesus said. Now, some of you, if you're in the business world, you might be thinking right now, yeah, 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 I get it, Pastor. That's, that's great church answer of, you know, the first or last and last or first. And that's good in religious circles. And that maybe worked 2,000 years ago, but we're talking about today. And what Jesus would say is I'm talking about today too. Okay, Jesus would say, uh, not only is that how it needs to work today, that's the only way it's going to work today. That's what Jesus would say. You know what I tell my leaders all the time when they're, when they're leading others? I always say you need to love them before you lead them. You have to love before you lead. That's what Jesus is saying here. Uh, serving is loving. Putting others first before you, that's, an, that's an, a gesture of love. You have to love before you lead. It leads me to one of the main things I need you to own. I need, like, like you're not gonna remember a lot of this message, I just know how the world works, but I need you to remember this. Leadership, say leadership. Leadership, leadership without love, it leads to loss, okay? Leadership without love, it leads to loss. Now you might be thinking, what do you mean loss? What I'm saying is you're going to lose some things if you're not loving those that you lead. You're going to lose, I mean, you're gonna lose respect. You're going to lose morale. You're going to lose productivity. You're going to lose, um, what did I, more, uh, well, ultimately, can I tell you what you're going to lose? You're going to lose people. You will lose people. I'm not just talking in the business world. I'm talking families. Listen to me. Leadership without love always leads to loss. It always does. 
One of the greatest leadership books that, that the world would say in the past couple decades um, is a, a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. And uh, in that book, they did studies of, of businesses that were successful, that they, they were successful and they, and they studied why. Like what did the leader have that was so unique? And, and, and they did all this research, not just projections. This is, this is businesses that were doing it well. They had a good culture. It was healthy. There was growth because healthy things grow. It's a, it's a fact. And, and this is what he found. The attribute that every leader had in the businesses that rose to the cream of the crop, not just making money, but I'm talking the people wanted to work there. It was a fun environment. It was an environment they wanted to go to, not run from, all those things. So the quality you think, okay, I bet, he, I bet the leader was passionate. That wasn't it. I bet the leader was charismatic. That wasn't it. Oh, I bet the leader was extremely intelligent. That wasn't it. I bet, I bet the leader had an incredible work ethic. That wasn't it. You know what the one attribute was? Humility. Humility. Every one of the leaders of these organizations were incredibly humble. I mean, that just blew me away when I heard that because it, it, it's something that we don't see in our world as much. Now, they were driven leaders, but they were humble leaders. You can be both. You can, you can be goal-driven goal and still be humble. Like, you can be passionate and still be humble. You can be charismatic and still be humble. You know what that really made me think about? There's a question that I, that I believe that we as leaders in our family, in ourself, um, in our ministry, um, in our workplace, there's a question that you can ask. Okay, there's a question that we need to ask. And this is the game changer. If you ask this question, it will change everything about your leadership. It will change, it, it could change the course of your life. It will. Here's the question. What can I do for you? What can I do for you and mean it? I want you to think about that just for a second. Think about maybe, okay, let's go to where you work, okay? Where you work, your boss, you know who you work for, you know who your boss is. If your boss came to you this Monday and, and, and he, he brought you in his office and maybe it's a quarterly review or maybe it's just a, a quick meeting and he sits you down and he says, you know what? I want to start with something. I want to let you know that I truly care about you and I really want you to succeed. I want to know. What can I do for you? How can I help? Okay, what would you do? Okay, after you get, got done picking yourself off the floor from shock, you'd be like, well, what you can do, you can pee in this cup because there's no way you're sober, right? You've never talked this way before. You've never cared before. You've never asked those questions before. But how, how dramatically would that change the entire dynamic of your leadership or those that you lead? Or those that lead you. I mean, it's insane. Okay, so let's take it to the home. What, what about our families? What if we said to our kids when we're on their case all the time, because we can do that sometimes as parents, and rather than getting mad at them or, 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 or getting on them, we say, you know, listen, listen, I know it's tense right now. What can I do to help? What can I do for you? All right? Now, you got to be careful with some kids because they're kids, you know, and so they're going to take advantage of it. You're asking them to clean their room for the 14th time of the day, you know, and then you say, Okay, what can I do for you? They'll be like, what you can do for me? Clean my room. That's what you can do for me. And then what I would say is, okay, I'll clean your room and then you pay the mortgage, okay? So that's the, I'll, start picking up, I'll start picking up clothes right now. You get your checkbook out. So anyway, so you get what I'm saying. I hope you get what I'm saying because leadership without that, leadership without love, it leads to loss. But when you lead with love and shouldn't followers of Jesus, I mean, shouldn't we be known by that? That's what Jesus said. You'll know my followers by the way they love. So how cool would it be that, that 
Well, really, honestly, we should be the most sought-after employees in the world, Jesus followers. We should be the most sought-after leaders in the world, the most sought-after volunteers in the world. It should always be Jesus followers. How cool would this be? What if someone who didn't believe in Jesus, like they think what we believe is nonsense, and some of you might even be thinking that right now and you're watching this, thank you so much for leaning in. I, I, welcome home. I'm telling you, God, God will speak to you. Just open yourself up to him. But, but what if someone who didn't believe and they're like, you know what? I don't believe in what you believe or, or, or uh, your faith, but, but, but I want more of people like you on my team. Like, I, like you're a Jesus follower? I want more of Jesus followers. I, I want you on my team. Like, I, I want you to lead me. I want you to, I, I mean, think of the power in that. I want you on my team because there's something about you that's different. Like, it's almost like, I mean, it's almost like you're working for God. I mean, that's weird, but, and isn't that the way it should be? Colossians 3.23, I'll put it up on the screen for you. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord. As though you are working for the Lord rather than working for people. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Man, if you're in a leadership position, listen to me. We're supposed to use our leadership to benefit those under our leadership. That's, that's, that's putting others first. That's serving others. That's what Jesus said. You use your leadership for the benefit of those under your leadership. I mean, it starts with love. It starts with serving. I mean, if, we're, if I'm going to say I'm a follower of Christ, I can't just say it. I must also want to live as Jesus lived. This is the whole crux of the series. Follow. I can't say, I, 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 I agree with what Jesus said. I follow Jesus and then not do what he did. And then, and then not do what he said we should do. It doesn't make sense. Because Jesus said something, didn't he? Jesus said, among you, it'll be different. Remember? Among you, it'll be different. Like, I know what the world says about leadership. I see it all the time. You can see it. You can read it. You can tweet it. You, it's all over the place. The world says leadership means I'm going to gather you around me. See, and you're going to give to me, and you're going to serve me, right? and you're going to work for me. But Jesus completely flips the script. Jesus turns it upside down, and Jesus says, I know what the world says, but this is what I say. I say true leadership is when you grab a towel and you start washing feet. I say true leadership is when you come to somebody and you say, what can I do for you? Not because I want something from you, but because I truly care about you. I truly love you. And I truly want the best for you. That's what Jesus leadership is. This is what God is saying. It's so countercultural. And Jesus said, it's so, it's so me. And when it's him, Oh my gosh, you will be changed. Leadership, it starts with love, okay? Leadership starts with love, why? Because leadership without love leads to? Mm. It does, doesn't it? It's kind of like the saying that I said previously, rules without a relationship, it leads to rebellion. It's kind of the same vein, because if you're all about the rules, and maybe this goes back to the parenting, uh, but it could be in a lot of different avenues, but if it's all about the rules, don't do this, do this, don't do that, do this. If it's always that and there's no relationship, eventually that person is going to rebel. They're going to, they're going to leave. They're going to do something. Rules without a relationship, it leads to rebellion. I'll never forget the time before uh, we were called into Omaha. I was uh, 
living in Sioux Falls, and I was leading a ministry that I was, I was passing off to somebody else because God was calling me to do something else. So I'm like, and the ministry was healthy. It had grown. It was really good. So I, I, I pass off the mantle to another guy to lead it. And very capable guy, obviously. Believed in him, knew he was qualified and all that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, here's what, it, here's the dynamic. Here's um, the three people that are really underneath you that you're going to lead and they're going to do their thing and you know how leadership works. And uh, this is some goals and all that kind of stuff. So it was really good. And I thought it was great. Uh, uh, probably a month, month and a half after he took the, the, the helm, he comes to me and he's just frustrated. He said, I don't get it. He said, you made it sound like, like these people were on board and that, you know, it would be, it's smooth sailing and it's not. He said, it's not smooth sailing. In fact, the people that I'm leading, the, the three people that he was leading, uh, they're not, they're, he said, they're not really, um, they're not defiant, but they're not really, they're not really agreeable. I mean, I'm having problems getting them to do what I'm telling them to do. I said, well, what are you telling them to do? And he starts, it starts going through the plan. Well, this is, okay, this is what you said is what they need to do. And this is when they need to be there. And this is who they need to, what, what the goals are. And this is the, what they're going to accomplish. This is what the night's going to look like for this certain ministry. And all, the, and he goes through all the details. So it's really been communicated well. And I'm like, okay, it sounds like you've communicated the goals. It sounds like you've communicated what you're looking for. So it sounds like you've communicated what a win would look like. Those are all important things in leadership. I said, so let's drill down and start with one of the person, one of the people you lead. I said, what about this guy? I said, okay, let's let. I said, is by the way, I said, is he married? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think he's married. I said, okay, okay, okay. So the, one of the guys that you're leading is married. I said, what's his wife's name, by the way? And he's like, I. He goes, I think Jenny. I don't know. I, Jenny. Yeah, I think Jenny. I said, okay, cool, awesome. I said, by the way, does he have kids? And he's like, I don't. He goes, I yeah. And he thought for a second. He goes, I know, no, they have. A, I know they have a daughter. I said, cool, awesome. I said, how old is she? And he's getting frustrated. He says, he said, I don't, he goes, I don't, I don't know. I said, well, you don't know what grade she's going into or anything or if she's, we're, we're, you know. He goes, no, I don't know that. And as he was saying that, I could see, I could, he's finally getting to what I'm going to. And he says, oh, he says, lead with love. You know, you always say that you love before you lead. I said, that's right. You don't, it, do, it doesn't sound like you know much about the person that you're leading. And, and I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go back to, it'll start with him, start with one, and just set up a meeting and get to know him. And I want you to ask him about his family. And I want you to ask him how things are at work. I want you to ask him like what his biggest fear is right now. I want you to ask him what his goal is for the ministry because he's leading people in the ministry as you try to lead him. But you can't lead without love. And if you do, eventually it's going to lead to loss and he'll be gone. And it, and it was just so eye-opening for him. And uh, here's what's funny. And I said, by the way, he has three kids, not one. So you should probably know that before you go into the meeting. You know, he didn't even know. But, but I think, I think we, we and, oh, no, I asked him this too. I should say this. I said, you got to love before you lead. I said, do you love him? And, and I really meant what I said, because if you don't, and you might be thinking, well, of course he's in ministry. He loves people. I mean, have you been in ministry? I mean, there's, there, there's some people I don't want to lead. I'm like, I don't like them very much right now. I'm going to lead these people. So I really wanted to know. And if you would say, no, I really don't. All right. Thank you for your honesty. Let's move you maybe to a different area, you know? But I really wanted to know. I, I mean, I'm asking, do you care about them? Like, do, do you even care about the family? Because if you don't and you start asking those questions, they'll see right through it. If you could care less about the kid, if you could care less about the family, if you could care less about his wants or desires or goals, you can ask the question all you want, but they'll see through the facade. You truly have to love before you lead. And that was so, that was so huge for us. But so many people are in it for what they can get out of it.
I'm, I'm gonna lead because I'm gonna build a platform. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a YouTube channel. I'm gonna get a ton of followers. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, if, if you make it about you and you're not adding value to others and truly caring about them, but if your end game, if your end game is to build a platform for yourself, eventually it will crumble. Eventually it will. I mean, one way or another, it's going to crumble. What is the end goal? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Is it to build my kingdom? Is it to build my platform? Is it to build my dynasty? Is it just to build my family? Is that the goal? Okay, can I just be frank with you? Is it for our glory? Because your glory isn't worth giving your life for. Can I be, I'll just, be, I'll just tell you straight up. And my glory isn't worth giving my life for. But God's glory, to God be the glory, great things he has done. His life is worth giving your life for. And we at Meadows Church, we had to check that really quick. Because when we, when we moved here a few years ago to, to launch this movement of God, and we knew it would be because we knew God was in it, and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like cocky. It was just we were cocky for God. We just knew that he was up to something huge. And God starts doing what only God can do. And we knew we could either worry about this little circle right now, and it's going to look really good. We're going to have the biggest church, and we're going to have the biggest ministry, and we're going to have the most money, and all these great things that a lot of people strive for. And we knew right out of the gate, we have to be open-handed. How can we serve? What can we give away? Even people. This is why Crossover Church is going to exist. This is why we're launching a church in, what, a month and a half or something like that? Crossover in Elkhorn here, right now in the Omaha area. That, that the reason only 4% of churches are ever going to plant a church or multiply like that is because it ain't easy. It's because, oh gosh, we're going to, it's got to be about us and we got to be close-handed and we have to just, this is our money and these are our people. And I'm like, God, these are your people. Where do you want them? And I don't say that because I haven't figured out. Trust me, I wrestle with God all the time with it. But we have to, we, we, we can either build our kingdom or we can be about God's kingdom. And when you are other-minded because other people matter to God, so they matter to you, you will be amazed at what God does in you and through you. Can I just tell you that and be, oh, I mean, so, so to say, you know what? Take them and take the people. And, and, and yeah, their money is going to go with them. We get it. And we're going to put money behind that and fund it because we believe in what God is doing there. Because it isn't just about here. It isn't just about us. And I'm telling you, so, so Crossover Church has one of their first launch um, gatherings this last week. And I asked Casey, Casey and Amanda Comstock are the ones leading the charge. And I'm like, Casey, how did it go? And Casey texts me. He's like, 44 people were there. And I thought, my first thought was, you jerk. I mean, just being honest, I, well, I think Meadows, one of our first gatherings that I remember, there was like four people with our Bibles open at a high V, okay, looking weird. So that's what I remember, but we left with five people. I kid you not, the waitress that was serving us at high V, she's still part of our church today. I remember I told her, drink this and you'll come with us. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It was actually a pill that we gave. I know, I'm kidding, stop it, knock it off. So, but she, that's a true story. She is still part of our church. And, but 44 at this first event, and I'm like, what if we would have said, no, 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 we can't do that because we're going to build our kingdom. This is our church and these are our people. They're not, they're God's people. And if God wants to release them to do more of his ministry, and he does, trust me, we're going to allow him to do it. Is it going to be painful? Sure. Is it hard? Of course, incredibly hard. Is, is, it, is it worth it? You better believe it. See, this is what I believe for you and I. We sell out for so little, don't we? We sell out for so little instead of going all in for so much. See, Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. But, my, but does that describe 
the life that you're living? I'm asking, does it describe your life? Are you living that full life or are you living more of a, a me-centered life, this little small life? See, God has so much more for you. God created you for more. God has created you for more. Type that in comments right now. God has created me for more. God has created me for more. Listen to me. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. And your God is too good to settle for anything less than living your God-given purpose. He's too good. So what does this mean for us now, today? How do we put feet underneath the message? Well, this is how we do it, because we're gonna do it. We're putting action to this. This is what we're gonna ask. Literally, the question, you remember the question? What can I do for you? I want you to literally ask that question this week. It might be people that you work with, it might be people that work under you, that'd be a perfect opportunity because you're leading them. It's certainly gonna be in your home. It's certainly going to be um, maybe with your spouse, with, um, with uh, children. We talked about that. Think about this for a second. What can I do for you? What if that teenager that you love, you know, the one that you love so much, they're hard to love, aren't they? But uh, we do. So what if you went in the room, knock first, because if you don't, okay, that, that's not good. Knock first and sit down on the bed. And don't, 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 don't tell them what they need to do. Don't tell them what they, what, what they didn't do. And don't get on them. And you just sit down and say, listen, just letting you know that I love you. Letting you know that I'm here for you. And honestly, I want to know what, what can I do for you? I don't know what your biggest fear is. I don't know what your biggest worry is. School starting shortly. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, what can I do for you? And your teenager might be like, you know what? You can get out of my room. That's what you can do for me. They might say that. Very likely. Okay, what I would say is, all right, cool. I'll get out of the room, but what I want you to know is I'll be out there, and if you need me, I'm here. But what can I do for you? And if you do that consistently, I'm promising you something is going to dramatically, dramatically change in that relationship. It won't maybe happen overnight, but it will happen. What can I do for you? How can I help you in the business? How can I serve you? Oh my God, you know what I just realized? I didn't give you the last... I didn't give you the last verse of the entire message. Just thought about it. Throw up verse 45. Look at this. Remember, remember what Jesus told him? Among you, it's going to be different. And then he said, For even the Son of Man himself came not to be served, this is insane what he says, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. One of the most countercultural, upside down, backward statements Jesus would ever make. It would make zero sense for a king of kings to come and say, no, 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 you're not going to serve me. You're not going to help. I'm going to come and I'm going to serve you. The king doesn't do that. The king isn't on the front line serving. The king is in the back. Everybody else is in the front because if they get killed, they ain't going to get to the king. But this king comes out front. And actually, this king gets killed. That's what he said. I, I, I have come that you might have, or I, to, the, to serve you and give my life as a ransom for many. He, Jesus Christ, he would serve others all the way to the cross and then he would die on that cross. That's what he did and that's how he lived. This is insanity, but it's exactly why he came. It's exactly why he came and he did it for you and I. He did something that we can't do and you know, I don't need to tell you you're messed up. You already get it. You already know it and I already know it and that's why he came because we're messed up. 
and, and we're not good leaders a lot of times, and we're not good followers a lot of times, and we're not good people a lot of times. And Jesus said, I came to make you new. I came to set things straight. Now, it's still going to be a jacked up world, but what if, what if you have me in you? What would happen? What would change then? Oh, do you remember the scripture? Okay, I said I was going to put up one more, but now I got to put up one more. Go back to verse 34 and throw it up on the screen. But don't throw all of it up on the screen. Just throw it up um, and you know what to throw up and then we'll put the, put the backside in. Ready? Verse 34. Remember what Jesus said? They're going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to flog me with a whip and they will kill me. That's what, so Jesus, he said it. That's what's going to happen, happen. But, but then he's, th but then we need to finish the verse. Then we need to finish the sentence. Go ahead and put the rest up on the screen. But after three days, don't forget, after three days, he will rise again. This is why Jesus came, not just to die, but to rise and defeat sin, defeat death, defeat the devil. This is the foundation of our Christian faith, an event called the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if a man can do that, if he can bring himself back to life, he is a leader worth following, isn't he? So why would you not sell out to that? It happened. It's true. What Jesus said would happen, happened. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to sell out. To sell out to the leader that's worth following. His name is Jesus. He's not dead anymore. The cross is empty. The tomb's actually empty. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father right now, pleading for you and I, praying for us, watching what's going on. He's there intercessing, the Bible says for us, but he sent his Holy Spirit, him in spirit form, and that spirit wants to enter into you today. The spirit wants to make you new today. This is one of the greatest miracles that could ever happen to you, that you would say, I choose Jesus. I choose that he was dead, but now alive. I choose that he came to save me from myself and my sin. I, I, I choose to let Jesus transform me and make me new. I choose that Jesus would take the old and make it new, cast my sins as far as the east is from the west. That's what Jesus said he will do, and he will do it. All you need to do is receive it. Receive what he's given you, this gift of not just eternal life, which is incredible, but life that starts today on earth that is abundant and full. It doesn't mean it's easy. God, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. All you need to do is receive it and believe. Jesus, I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're coming back. And I believe when I give it all to you, you will pour yourself all into me and we will do life together. And I'm not doing it alone anymore. The leader of all leaders is in me and he's leading me as I lead others. And when he does that, the best is yet to come. So you just need to type in comments right now and I'm talking right to you. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Maybe maybe you're watching this later or you don't want to type it in comments or whatever. Text it. Text it right to me. I choose Jesus to 474747. I choose Jesus. I choose a leader worth following. His name is Jesus and he came for you. And why would you not choose when he did it all for you? It's in, that would be crazy. Don't, do, don't let this pass you by. This is why he's as you watching. This is your next step. And we want to love you and we want to walk with you and we want to help you and we want to guide you. Let us do that. I choose Jesus. When you choose Jesus, you're choosing leadership, you're choosing life, you're choosing love, and you're choosing um, salvation. And there's no greater choice that you could ever make with your life. 
I love you so much. God loves you more. I, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I want to thank you so much. A leader worth following, well, that would describe you. And God, if I can be vulnerable, I don't get it right a lot of days. And I would, I would pray for me and everybody listening right now that you would help us lead like you lead and love like you love. Because leadership without love, I mean, there's incredible loss that happens. And there's great leaders with great leadership potential, but without you leading them, they will never reach the potential that you have for them and they'll never live their purpose. God, we want, we want what you want. God, guide us. Help us. Um, I pray for the people choosing you right now. God, I pray that they have the courage and the boldness to type it in comments. God, I just pray on behalf of, of everybody watching, God. I lift up their families to you. I lift up their purpose to you. I lift up their needs to you, their wants and their desires. God, do what only you can do. Thank you for coming for us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for the greatest miracle in history, the resurrection of yourself. God, thank you so much for this gift. Thank you for saving us from us because we need saving from us. And you did it. And you would do it again. God, have your way. I pray that people will put action to the message. If they do, they won't regret it. God, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. amen. God bless you. Hey, I wanna thank you so much for watching today. And I, I thank you so much. So many of you watch these messages and you share them. The word right now during the season is going out crazy online. Thank you. You are making an impact for eternity when you do that. So thank you for sharing the message. Man, and if you haven't already, follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss anything. Maybe you watch on YouTube or you listen to a podcast. Subscribe to those. You won't miss a single update or message. We just want to keep you informed and we love having you as part of our family. Um, and we love praying for you. Like, we want to pray for you. If you have a prayer request, let us know. All you got to do is all you got to do is go to our website and submit it or text anytime, prayer now to 474747. Prayer now, 474747, because we love praying for you, because you matter, and I want you to know that. God is on the move, and he wants to be on the move in you, and he is, he's doing great things. And if you, if you are one of our family members that, that give financially to what God is doing, I can't thank you enough. I'm telling you, you are funding something that is, that is literally literally changing lives forever. 309 people have made decisions for Christ and that's just what we know about. I'm telling you, God is doing crazy things. So thank you for giving and maybe you've never done that. You can, you can go on, on our website and give. You can, you can actually text a number to give to. Um, I just thank you. I'm, we're just, I'm just so grateful to uh, be a part of what God is doing and I'm so grateful to be able to love you and lead you um, and uh, just love you so much and really proud of you. And uh, we truly believe it. We don't just say it. I'm telling you. The best is yet to come. God bless you.